This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sunday's edition of Game Bet Match. It's the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm Nigel Seeley, and as always, I'm joined by the ATP Tour senior handicapper for Because We Win, Sean Calvert. Sean had a busy week last week in Rotterdam, uh, and he's got some more travels next week as well off to France. But uh, how are you feeling, Sean? Another tricky week, wasn't it? You know, we're, we're showing a bit of a deficit of uh of 15 points now on the on the units from the start of this year which which yep. might sound a lot to some people but obviously there's you know there's a lot of tennis to play for a lot of winners people just keep persevering but we're doing the right things just not getting over the line aren't we again yeah i mean we didn't we didn't do this show this time last year did we no we didn't start this about sort of april time had we have started at the start of the year, like we have this year, we, we would have been in a similar position i didn't have a particularly good february last year it's 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 a really hard month you've got all these tournaments, three tournaments every week, different parts of the world, different time zones, you know, all sorts of different permutations going on. Um, and it, it was a, it, it's a tough time, I'd say. I, was, I had a poor February last year, and then we ended up turning it around and making a spectacular profit by the end of the year. So it's it's a time, I think, just to be careful with your bets, just have lower stakes, I would certainly suggest. That's what I've been doing the last sort of week or so, uh, and I'll be doing again uh, this coming week, because it, it, is, it is a tough, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, like I say, if you're looking at it over over a period of twelve months from when we started the show to now, you you know you're still playing with house money by a long, long way. But unfortunately, the figures based on this year, obviously, they don't show that, do they? Yeah, no, there's no concern for me, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> nothing to worry it's about. Tough. February is yes. tough. I'm not. I'm not going to hide the fact that it, I find it no, difficult. It's it, it difficult. Is, it's a difficult month. It's always very difficult, but uh, obviously we know we're going to kick on and we know we're going to get some results. Uh, you said there's three tournaments. Well, there's three tournaments this week, and they all look quite tricky kind of tournaments. There's a lot of question marks about players' fitness levels. Mm. There's a lot of question marks about how players are going to be motivated for these events and also question about some late withdrawals. I apologise in advance. I've got a bit of a cold, so um, I've got a bit okay. of a runny nose. So if you persevere... That time me, of year, isn't it? Yeah, it, well, it's, it's just the weather conditions in London change in, in 10 degrees in every day so it's, it's, it's a bit strange but we're going to start off with a tournament you're going to be at next week we're going to start off in Marseille uh the ATB tour event yep. in Marseille uh it's a quite a decent little field uh Herbert Hercash is the number one seed uh Yannick Sinner who just got beaten the final in Rotterdam by Medvedev uh, looking for he was looking for back-to-back tournaments after winning in Montpellier he's the number mm-hmm. two seed and the tournament favorite uh number three seed we have uh, Alex Diminois uh, number four seed is Grigor Dimitrov, who looked absolutely exhausted in his last match. Um, so it's, it's quite a decent field. And let's have a look at the the outright market. And then the outright market here is uh, Yannick Sinner is the favourite at plus 150. Uh, Herbert Herkas is plus $4, the number one seed. Diminois is plus 
Krigor Dimitrov is 700. Stan Ravinka, 1400. Alexander Bublik, I'm not going to trust with any money at all. This my, my resolution for 2023 is not to trust Alexander Bublik. Plus 1600. David Goffin, who was dreadful in Rotterdam, uh, oh, 22,000. And Benjamin Bonzi at 2200. Maxim Cressy at 2500. And Richard Gasquet at 3,000. I mean, if you take the top two away, really, it's um, or, or the first four really in the betting, the rest of them don't look much to me. But um, before we go on the outright market, you've you, the mm. draw, you've got to pick on the outright market. Uh, what the condition is going to be like? What's it like for favourites? What's uh, What do you expect to see when you arrive in the south of France next week? Well, it's uh, it's played on a girl or indoor hard court. Um, is the Open 13. Um, they use Technifiber balls, which are the same ones they used in, in Rotterdam last week. It seems to have been getting slower in recent years. It used to be one of the quickest tournaments, indoor tournaments around Marseille, but um, the last two years, it's been only 80% holds a serve. Um, first serve points won in the last two years is, is down to just over 71, almost 72%, which is not quick by anybody's standards. It's it, it's down on the, the 73.4% which it was over the last six editions. Um, in 2021, Emil Roussevoire said the, con- the he said the conditions and the balls here are pretty slow. Uh, and a, a year before that, Gilles Simon, who's played more Open 13s and you can shake a stick out, he he said it's getting slower in 2020. It just seems to have been s- slowed down a bit. Maybe it's these Technifiber balls. Maybe they've just deliberately changed the surface a little bit just to tweak it to make it a little bit slower. Um, it happens a lot you know, on indoor hardcore tournaments these days. So at the minute, it's it's, it's little more than sort of medium-paced indoor hardcore. Um, there's some trends. I mean, only three top, only three number one seeds uh, have won here since 2010. Uh, five of the last, last six years, it's been won by players who were single-figure prices. But there have been three 66-1 finalists in the last five years. One of them won. One of them was Kashanov a few years ago. Won it. He was 66-1 when he won it. Um, so uh, the, it's, as far as underdog con- winners are concerned, it's it's kind of mediocre. Um, 33% of the underdogs have won. Uh, I think it's like in the last eight years. Um, that's kind of bang average, really. So not much to get too excited about in terms of um, of underdog winners. But um, an interesting outright proposition. I quite like this one. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, there's going to be question marks. If it's going to be a, a slow conditions, that Herbert Hercas is not ideal. He wants it to be fast and quick, that be serving. And you'd never back him at plus four dollars. And obviously, Yannick Sinner is the form horse in the race at plus one fifty, and the one that we've taken out in the early part of the season, and we're potentially looking at in the majors. But he must be quite tired, and he didn't look good mm. in the final set against Medvedev. I don't know if he got injured in that game, or, or there was some slight injury concern about him. So there's a good chance he might not even play. Um, so at plus one fifty, I know he's got a rest day. You've got to buy mm. in the first round, but you know, if he's got some big things coming up, he's got some big tournaments coming up. He's got some, you know, the American hard court seasons coming up as well as the, the clay court season. Will he be interested in a, in a ATP 250 event in the South of France? I don't think so. So I can see where you're coming from here and you've got to pick a, a decent price. Who is your pick here? Uh, we'll just touch on Sinner just before I go into that. Sure. Um, I think you can look at this one or two ways. He's not actually scheduled to play for a few weeks after this. I mean, as far as I can tell from his schedule, then his next tournament is likely to be Indian Wells. So he has got a couple of weeks off. He's not scheduled to play Dubai or anything else next week. So he he could look at it as if to say, well, yeah, that's you know, I'm, I'm in good form on indoor hogs. He did play great at times last week, didn't he? Um, but he looked a little bit tired, as you say. And he does have a history of 
of getting niggling little injuries, doesn't he? There always seems to be something wrong with him. There's always some sort of muscular problem wrong with him. Um, that has, certainly has been over the recent years. So you could look at it all the two ways. You could look at it and say, well, as, as you suggested, he did look very tired by the end of that Rotterdam final, didn't he? Um, and that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with this bet. Uh, if, you, if you look at the, the top guys in the market, actually, very few of them have got much experience here. Her cash has only played it um, a couple of times. He's 2-2 win-loss. It's hardly inspiring form, is it, for a, for a number one seed? Dimitrov's never played here. Dimitrov's not played here since 2011, and he's never won a match here. Uh, Cressy's never played a match here in the main draw. Gasquet's played here 11 times, never made a final. Huesler's never played here. Um, so the one I'm, I'm looking at in terms of motivation is, is the Marseille fan, the guy from, who lives in Marseille. He's, he's from Nîmes, which is not too far away from Marseille, and that's Benjamin Bonzi. I managed to get him at 30 to 1 when the market's opened, uh, which I think is a crack in each, each way bet. He made the semi-finals here last year, lost in three sets to Andre Rublev, who, who ended up going on to win the title, did Rublev. So a decent form. He hasn't, he hasn't struggled at his home tournament. He's, he's gone very deep, almost made the final last year. Uh, played well against Sinner in, in the last two times he's played him. I, I was there last week in Rotterdam when he, when he played Pretty well against Sinner. Uh, took Sinner to a third set. Also took Sinner to a third set when they played at Indian Wells before. So if, if Sinner is a little bit fatigued, and he does look leggy, or did look leggy in that Rotterdam final, the man, the most motivated, it, to my mind, is is the guy that lives here. And and, and that's Benjamin Bonsley. Yeah, Benjamin Bonsley. Home, there's a pressure, though, isn't there, on the, the home support, but it didn't seem to stop him last year by making the semi-finals. And you look exactly, at his draw, yeah. he's got, you know, he should win the first-round match. Runs into Cressy, who's vulnerable in his first-round match. Well, he was injured last week as well. Yeah, he didn't look, didn't look good at all. So then he's into the The problem might finals. be Diminor, to be honest. The problem might be Diminor. He's, he's, he's lost the last three times against Diminor, so there's certainly a potential stumbling block there, but at a price of sort of 25 to 1 upwards... And Diminor's what six seven to one, yeah. Um, and Bonzi has beaten him before in in sort of futures and stuff. So I'm I'm happy to take a chance on him at that price. I think he's the best option if you are opposing Sinner because I can't I can't see any value in any of the other guys. Not Hercash, Diminor, no. they all look too short to me. Hercash have got a favourable draw. If you look at the draw, you, you would expect him to make it through to the final, wouldn't you? I mean, you could you, you I would, can't see any two, obstacles two in his way. Well, he, he can create them, Hercash. He, he can create obstacles yeah. where there aren't any. Um, but that draw, I mean, that draw, that that draw does look sweet. But again, would you back him at bet him at plus four dollars? No, not at the price he is. No, I mean, he's not. He's he's not a prolific winner, is he, Hercash? He's not someone that wins a, a lot of tournaments. Um, I'm still not totally convinced about him on indoor hard. Low, I think he prefers a, a higher bouncing surface than than he gets generally on indoor hard. To be honest. Well, that's the outright market. We've got four first round matches. I know you haven't got a, an opinion on all these four matches, but if you want to talk us through what you do have, uh, there's four matches there. And the match you'd like is the, the Cressy match, the top one on the screen there. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I just It's just on the, the price kind of almost attracted me in on this one. Um, on the basis that what I saw from Cressy last week, uh, he, he doesn't look fit. He just, you know, he went very, very deep, didn't he, in Montpellier the week before. Uh, when he played Diminor, he had, he had a medical timeout. I think he also had a medical timeout against Van Rijthoven, um in the previous round. He had, I think, a problem with blisters on his on his hands. Um, not so sure that he's fit at all. Um, and and playing 
another another um, home uh, motivated player in Jeffrey Blankino, who uh, took him to a final set tiebreak last time they played, which was indoors at challenger level. It was back in 2021, so you know it was like a year and a half ago. So it's not current form. He just looks very very short based on based on his his fitness. I know he's been playing well indoors, Cressy, but that's that's too short for me. The problem is I've, I've looked at Blankino as, as many ways as I possibly can and. He doesn't inspire any sort of confidence at all. He's a former junior uh, Grand Slam winner, beat Felix in the final of the uh, French Open boys several years ago. He's another one that was a good junior that hasn't really kicked on at main level. He's he's never won a match at main level, actually. He's only played five, lost all five, and he's only held serve 59% of the time. So you can't you can't back him with any confidence, can you, really, with those sort of statistics? Um, if, if it was somebody with a bit more form, I'd be very keen to take Cressy on here, but and I am sort of still keen to take him on because he's not fit, but Blankino just doesn't inspire enough confidence in me. So what are you? What what, what are you? Where's the angle? Then? What what, is he, what are we going for? I, I wanted to talk about this match because Cressy is just miles too short. If you are taking Cressy on, which which I'm tempted to do, I'm not going to, but I'm tempted. Um, Blankino to win a set is probably a, a fair bet. I think he'll probably he's probably got a set in him against this version of Cressy, who is fatigued and, and struggling a bit with injuries. Who did Cressy play in the last match? Um, played Demi Nord in Rotterdam. It went all the way to, it was a 7-6. It was it was third a third set, yeah. yeah third I, don't set. Was, I don't know if it was a third set tie, but it was the third set. Yeah, it went, it went all the way. It was, it, was a, it was a long old game and I watched him. He had a lot final... of issues with injuries last week. Yeah, he, 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 didn't, he didn't, his movement wasn't great. So I can understand why you want to take him on at minus 530, but, you know, Maybe look at the set. Maybe look at um, the game handicap. I would expect the game handicap in a best of three sets to probably be around about four and a half, maybe five and a half uh, prices like that, which which is, which is very very tempting as well. So look at those. Uh, there's three other games that I put in there. Obviously, the Bublik game minus one forty nine against Krajinovic at plus one twenty was an interesting one for me. I just thought Bublik the way that he's plays, we've got no idea which which going to which he's going to. Uh, it's going to turn up, but I think I put these in because they were probably the most interesting betting matches in the first round. The interesting game for me is that Artur Felix game, the minus one forty-one against Roman Safalin. Um, mm. I've, I've what I've, I've only watched one game in this half of Felix. I'm watching him play Janik Sinner. I know he got beat, but I, I was yeah, he's a good impressed. talent. He's a very good talent. He's only eighteen years of age. He's almost broken into the top one hundred. He's uh, seven years junior to his opponent here. And his form this year has been phenomenal. I mean, he got to the semi-finals of Montpellier where he ran into into uh, Yannick Sinner. He built Batista Agut at that tournament. He bought Richard Gasquet in the first round. Very easy. He didn't drop a set. Uh, yeah. And then he also won two challenger events prior to that. Uh, so he's a player really, really on the up. I'm really, really impressed with him. And uh, one thing about it, he's played a Safflin before last year and he was 17 years of age. And he beat him 6-2-7-6 in France. He's a French kid. In France, the pressure is going to be on, but he seems to thrive in his homeland. If you look at his record in France, it's phenomenal. Semi-final in Montpellier last week, as I say, ran into Yannick Sinner. Uh, and, and he played right. You know, Yannick Sinner did win quite convincingly, but the first set was 7-5. I watched it. He had break points. He played really, really well. And um, I like this boy. I like him a lot. I know he's, a, he's not a real attractive price at minus 141, but I think mm. he'll win quite easy. I quite like him in two sets to love, and I probably bet him on the the game handicap minus two and a half games or something like that because I think he's got nothing to fear and he's really confident, and I think he gets the job done there. So that's the reason why I put it. A very rare pick for me, but I, I what I saw, I wrote the name down, 
and uh, I thought he was one to follow. So Artur Felix for me, uh, and opposed Maxime Cressy in some kind of way uh, is the advice from Sean. It doesn't look fit. Uh, come through a marathon match in his last match, not fitness, travelling to uh, across the south of France. And uh, yeah, um, when are you heading out? When are you heading out, Sean? Uh, Wednesday. Well, I'm there, be there for Wednesday night session up until Saturday. Okay, so we're joining you on Thursday from the south of France. We want some uh, latest info. Yeah. We want some. I want. It, I want to know where to get Cronenberg sixty four, and I want to know where to get some nice French food. You know, that's I think I we... can find that for you. That's not yeah. A that, that, that's that's not a problem the, at all. The only thing I would say about Safran, he did make the semi finals here last year as a qualifier. He's very he's very streaky. Hard one to call for me, Safran. He's one of those players that will sort of pop up after after a run of defeats and, and make a sort of semi final. Last year he beat he beat Sitsipas here last year. Um, lost seven six seven six in the semi final to to Felix. He hasn't really shown any of that form this season, but he's one of them. He's, he he could pop up and have another good week. Maybe he gets back to Marseille and starts kind of feeling how he well, did. It was, the only reason I liked him was because I, saw, I I was really impressed with Artur Felix the other day, yeah, and I watched talent. it, and yeah. I thought to myself, he's a. I, I didn't really know much about him to be fair, and I'm I'm going to say that I, and I watched him. I thought first set, God, I think this this boy's going to be something special. And I put him down as a player to follow in the notebook, and then he'd come back in the first round here. Uh, in, in, in at homeland in, against a player he's beaten last year when he's not, not playing anywhere near as good as he is now and I thought to myself you know what I'm, I'm going to bet I, I was hoping for a little bit more than minus 141 but I would definitely yeah, I think, uh, I'll definitely be betting him probably to win two sets to love I think the books have got the same opinion as you about Arthur Feast haven't they and yeah, um, yeah you're not you're not wrong he's, he's a, a very exciting uh, talent definitely for sure now let's move to a place that I'm a little bit more familiar about. Now I can tell you where to go to get Rio? Heineken. I, I, I no, well, I've never <laughs> been to Rio. I Qatar. I, I, you know, I spent six months, uh, six weeks out there in the, uh, or five weeks out there in the in in the in front of World Cup. I can tell you every bar in Qatar. You want to know you're gonna get Heineken. I can tell you where you can get Stella. I can tell you where you can get any lager you want. And I can it's also tell you, this. I know, and, and I, but you you need you need at least forty five dollars to get two pints of lager in Qatar. But Is the it that one expensive? thing, oh, seventeen pound fifty for a pint. But, really? Yes. But I tell you where you get your best. Oh the God. best curry house. The best curry I had in Qatar was at the tennis venue. This venue here, the it's the Khalifa Tennis Centre, and it's literally uh-huh. across the road where I stayed. And you can actually have a curry while you're watching everybody play tennis. In, in what was club. it about forty eight pounds for a curry or something? I, I actually got bought by somebody. Actually bought me a curry, and but he he. <laughs> He's not very generous with his money, so I can't imagine it being too expensive. So, <laughs> and he, I think he must have known someone they got there. Anyway, it's the Qatar Open. We just had the women's Qatar Open last week, uh, a yeah. star-studded event over in, in Doha, and a real decent field has been assembled in Doha, as you would expect. You know, it's a, it's a high prestige event, a lot of money on the table compared to what we've seen in Marseille, obviously. Um, Mr. Khalifa is a very, very uh, te- big tennis fan over in Qatar. He wants a good field there, and he's got a good field. The number one mm-hmm. seed is Andre Rublev. Number two, Felix Auger Aliassime. Uh, number three, Daniel Medvedev, who just won the tournament this week in Rotterdam. Uh, four, Alexander Zverev on his road back from uh, comeback from injury uh, for the last couple of seasons. So there is a decent field here. This is a you know this is a good event. Bautista are good. The defending champion is their number five seed as well. So this is a decent field in, in Doha. Last week, uh, I watched a lot of the women's tennis. Rory Juwani gave us a couple of picks on there and I, and I watched them. It, the, the conditions were quite windy. It was quite a windy event. The tournament was uh, was, was was quite... The, the weather forecast changed massively. You know, some days were really, really hot. Some days were cold. And, you know, I've looked at the weather forecast because I'm heading to Dubai next week. And I've been checking the weather forecast here. 
And, I'll bet you have. And the, some days it could be 18 degrees, some days it could be 31. It's like really strange difference in the weather conditions. So what have you broken down in Qatar? Uh, what do you like here? And give us uh, your thoughts of the conditions, your thoughts of the court, and your thoughts on that draw, which is a good draw for an ATP 250 event. Yeah, I think the, the point you made there is a very valid one. It is, it is often very windy in Doha. Um, there are guys here that are coming... Most most of the top seeds actually are, are coming from indoor hard in Rotterdam. Um, the likes of Rublev, Felix, Medvedev, Zverev, Bautista, Ego, they're all coming from from playing on indoor hard. And a lot of these guys actually haven't played this tournament before. Felix has never played it. Medvedev's never played it. Zverev's never played it. It's not the easiest to- tournament conditions to get to get comfortable in because it is so windy and the conditions change a lot between day and night. If it's a warm day and it's it's forecast to be um, between 23 and 27 with with a reasonable amount of sunshine all week um so you would expect it certainly to be play quicker in the day and sometimes it does get very cold and very slow at night mm. um petra kvitova last week she said it was the court was a little bit slow um which is an interesting point because it, it it's not got the greatest stats in terms of of court speed in terms of pace um it averages only 79 percent holds um, over the last eight years and only 71.4% first serve points won. So it's it's on the slower side and there's a lot of wind as well. So you wouldn't have thought that that would favour someone like a Medvedev who's come in from obviously indoor hard in Rotterdam, never played it, a lot of wind around, a bit slow. You wouldn't have thought it would it perhaps favour him. But what I've what I've looked at here, um I've taken I've taken a view that that Roberto Bautista Regut is really going to be going for it again this week. He's got a, such a fabulous record here. Well, let's have a look uh, at the outright market, Sean. You can you can talk yeah, to the outright market. Daniel Medvedev is plus two fifty. Felix Auger Alisim is plus four dollars. Rublev uh, plus five hundred. Alexander Zverev plus very slow in plus nine hundred. Jack Draper plus a thousand. Andy Murray plus sixteen hundred. Uh, the guy you like there, Roberto Bautista Agut, who's the defending champion, plus 1,700. Leheka had a brilliant Australian Open at 2,000. Glicksport, 2,500. And Davidoff Fakina at 2,500. Yukina, Roberto Bautista Agut. Uh, explain the reason if you can. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just got such a fabulous record. He's, as I say, defending champion. 16 wins and two losses in the 18 matches that he's played here in all, all rounds. 13 and two in the main draw. I just think that where we're looking at his his draw, he's got Martin Fuksovic in the first round. He should beat. Um, after that, he's got the winner of Vadasco against O'Connell, which obviously is a, a match that he can very much win. You'd be very surprised if he didn't win that. And then he, he may well have Medvedev. He'll probably have Medvedev in the uh, quarterfinals. He's got a 4-2 record against Medvedev. So he's not going to be concerned about Medvedev. And then if he wins that, I think it's I think it's open season because then it might be Felix in the semi final. But the way Felix has been playing doesn't look the same guy, does he, at the moment um, in twenty twenty three to how he ended last year. And if it's not Felix, then it could be someone like Karatsev, Davidovich, Fakina, Kwan. You wouldn't be that concerned about. It. So the, the the main match here is obviously going to be against Medvedev and he does have that good record against Medvedev and he, he's he's mastered these conditions so so well Bautista Riga. he was only 7-1 to one here last year when he won this tournament now he's 16-1 to one. I know it's a slightly better field this year but I'm happy to take him each way I think he's a, a solid choice um, he's, he's got far more experience than anybody else in this field 
uh, apart from Basilashvili, who's just got in as a lucky loser, who's also got a great record here. Uh, Rublev's not got a bad record, actually. Um, one here, 2020, nine and three, but I don't really want to talk about him after last week's awful display against uh, against Alex de Minor. Um, Happy to take that 16s on RBA. There's also a good time to play Medvedev, isn't it? After he just just won this week, Rotterdam, you know, he's kind of coming yeah. in after. Is that week. view, yeah? yeah? You know, he's going to be... And he lost the first set against Sinner, so he didn't have it all his own way. So he's going to be quite exhausted. Went all the way, travelled across to Qatar from Rotterdam, which is a long way to travel. So there is a... And he's been all the way there since you know, to to the end. So that's that's a big thing. The other thing as well is that I would I would expect the Qataris to probably pay some good appearance money to some of these players to just just oh, turn yeah. up. So Absolutely. there's a good in, so yeah. there's a good incentive for someone like Medvedev to pick up some money uh, and not really to be too bothered about the tournament as a whole because he's won the tournament the week before. Um, so I would think motivation a lot of these players in these kind of conditions probably won't be there as it would be before. So there's a good reason to to oppose some of these market leaders and Roberto Batista, a good a man who does take this tournament very, very seriously and has ranking points to defend, uh, you know, he could be slipping down outside the top 32. So um, definitely very important for him to to keep some of those ranking points. Uh, let's have a look at some selected matches. There's four games you've got here. I know you've got uh, an opinion on these matches. If you want to just take us away these games, you have Ruzovoro against Dan Evans, Karatsev against Kubla, Krikspor against Hannis, uh, Vadasco against O'Connell. Um, Hell. So, what what do you like here? What we just start? You just run them down from the top to the bottom. Yeah, I've, I've taken Evans here. Um, I took him at um, minus one hundred five at Bet Rivers. Uh, this is just on the on well, not just, but mainly on statistics. I mean, Evans is is way ahead uh, of of Rusevari on on outdoor hard. If we look at the last twelve months at main level on this surface. Um, Evans is service points one and return points one total is 102.3 Rusevori is 98.6 the service hold break total Evans is on 104 Rusevori 94.4 so Evans is some way ahead on all that plus he's he's some way ahead on win rates as well he's won 52% of his matches on outdoor hard at main level this past 12 months Rusevori's only won 41% that seems to me that this match has been priced up based on Rusevari's decent form lately, which is all common kind of Davis Cup indoor hard. Um, these are very, very different conditions. In windy conditions, I do like a, a player that's got good movement, very nimble player, and Evans does fit the bill in that. I just think his all-court game, Evans, in conditions like this would be would be very, very difficult for someone like Rusevari. He's very one-dimensional. He, he likes to have rhythm and hit from the back of the court. He's not a player that likes to run around a lot, chasing drop shots and mixing the play up. I just feel like this 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 price is just way too short on Rusevoir. Evans hasn't been in great form this season, which is another factor in this price. But I'm certainly happy to take him on the statistics on on how I perceive the matchup to be in these conditions. I'm happy to take him at that price. Yeah, I like that play a lot. I think Rusevoir is an indoor player outside a bit of wins. Not for me. I think Evans. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Evans. I think. Short. I think there'll be money for Evans as well. I think you'll find that Evans will will start off a lot, lot uh, higher in the betting than he is now. Currently at minus one hundred six. I think the money will come for Dan Evans. So if you do like Dan Evans, like Sean does, I think you want to take that price this evening with Bet Rivers because I fully expect that to be a lot lower uh, when the two uh, meet tomorrow. Um, Karatsev against Kubla. I mean, you, you, what Karatsev are we going to see? He's anyone. Well, that's the question. Is I am tempted with Karatsev. I must admit, he's got a very good record in this part of the world. He's in all the matches that he's played in Doha, and that includes 
the Futures tournament that he won here. He's won 13 out of 17 matches. He qualified for the Australian Open here um, just over a year or so ago. Uh, if, he, if he finds the form that we've seen from him in this part of the world before, then he's got a decent chance against Kubler, who lost as a one to three favourite last week in um, a challenger in Bahrain. Um, to the guy who eventually made, ended up making the final, actually, who's also playing here this week, and that's Abadella Shelbay. I'm not sure that pronunciation is absolutely spot on, but um, if you're struggling it, with pronunciation, we are. We're both you want to try this today. one? Just, this one's not the easiest. Uh, he made the final, as I say, in um, in Bahrain, the challenger last week. Lost, uh, sorry, t- last week, but the final was today. Lost to Kokinakis, um, and he beat Kubler on the way. So not not the greatest of form from Kubler. I, I'm not going to back Karatsev because he's just so he's just so inconsistent, and he was woeful last week in um, in Rotterdam when he lost to Dimitrov. Dimitrov barely had to get out of first gear to win that match. But it wouldn't surprise me if Karatsev back at a, uh, a tournament that he's he's gone well at or a venue he's gone well at before. It wouldn't surprise me if Karatsev suddenly found his game. You know, I couldn't back it. I couldn't bet him at plus 100, though. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah, uh, Talon Grigsborough did well last week in Rotterdam in front of the home crowds. Did all right, yeah. minus 159. I'm, I'm imagining you're trying to, you're going to oppose him this time around. Though. I just think if you are back in this match, it's it, it's difficult to, to fancy Grigsborough just because of the workload and the effort and the emotion and everything else that he went through last week in Rotterdam. He did actually say that he wasn't going to play Rotterdam. He said, a week ago, I was uncertain whether I would play due to injury. So he wasn't a certain starter in Rotterdam. I think he only played because it was his, his home tournament. I think if it was any other tournament, he wouldn't have bothered because obviously he's got some sort of injury. Now, on top of that injury, whatever it was, he's now had a, a very tough week, hasn't he? A very emotional week, as I say. Um, I wouldn't be backing him at odds on there. I, I mean, Halis, he's... I'm not sure it's quick enough for Halley's. That, that's what worries me. But if I was having a bet in that match, it would definitely be Halley's, not Greek sport. Yeah. The final game for Dasko coming to the end of his career, not having the best of runs at the moment, plus $2 against Christopher O'Connell, minus 250. Yeah. I just think O'Connell's too short here. If I was more, if I had more faith in Fernando Vadasco at this stage of his career, I'd, I'd certainly be tempted to back him here. O'Connell's done nothing this season. Uh, he's 2 5 win loss so far. Uh, this year and the only two wins he's had have come against the world number 169 and the world number 259 lost every other match so coming here in poor form can't be confident lost last week in, in that same challenger in Bahrain lost to Struff in straight sets there um, just no form at all Vadasco's done well here over the years I know he's not the same man anymore he's he's you know he's too old but should have beaten Djokovic here a few years ago from Baratli have match points to beat Djokovic in straight sets I wouldn't be surprised if Vadasco did something there it's another one of those ones where you you can see an angle, but he starts sure off I'd... fast, doesn't he? If you look at Vadasco's form, he starts off fast. He might be able to take the first set, but he has yeah, that's runs, definitely an option. He, yeah. he runs in his legs, run out the end of the game, and he, you know, yeah. the better players and the fitter players and younger players sort of come through at the end. But maybe a fast start of that option yeah. in the first set could be the way. Because yeah. the, if you take the handicap, there is a good chance he could completely bomb out in the yeah, final. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You want to get him out, you want to get him out the traps early. Yeah, set ones. I agree. That's that's not a bad shout. I think that'll probably be the best way to get with Vadasco. Uh, there is a third tournament, and you know, this tournament is the biggest tournament of the, of the week, actually. It's the ATP Tour 
500 event in uh, Rio uh, on clay. Uh, there's no odds out at the moment because obviously Alcaraz and Cam Norrie play in the final in Buenos Aires uh, this evening, and they are the number one and number two seed for this tournament. There's also a huge amount of uh, players withdrawing at the moment. So the, the draw is really, really hard to gauge who's going to play who. Uh, so we will come on to the outright markets when we see a couple of games play on Tuesday when Sh- uh, Sean George is back on the game bet match on Tuesday. We'll look at this tournament in a little bit more detail, but like, at the moment we can't really look at the outright market. But we do have a couple of matches, and I think some of these games that we're going to have here uh, may have changed the schedule since we got the graphic up. But Sean, you, you want to take us away? These There's four matches there. Uh, I think Leslo Jerry, the first one against Molkan, isn't they're not playing each other now because of the change of the draw. So ignore that one. Just quickly talk us through the other three games. Well, two games you like, and I, I like the final one there as well. Yeah, the bet the bet that I've had is going to be refunded because I had Molkan against Jerry. And because Correa withdrew just before we came on air, um, Molkan got moved around. So he's, he's not playing. He's not playing Jerry anymore. Um, so that one's going to be a void for me, unfortunately. Um, Munar I've put in there against Zapata Morales because he's got a great record against um, against his fellow countryman Zapata Morales. He's won uh, four of the five matches. The only problem with it is um, I'm not sure Munar's fit at the moment. I mean, I was I, when those prices came out, I just thought that's certainly reasonable value on the on the basis of the matchup which Munar's won. Let's say four out of five. Sebastian Morales played great last week, but he he has played an awful lot of tennis. Most of his matches have gone to three sets on clay. Um, he's played sixteen sets in two weeks, and he does he does look a bit jaded. Um, I would definitely be siding with Munai here if I didn't if, if I thought he was fit. I'm not sure he is because he had the trainer out against Serendolo against Buenos Aires. He's also talked about not being fit in the Australian leg of the tour. So there's obviously some sort of niggling problem there with Munar. If he was fit, I'd back Munar, but. I'm just not con- I'm just not convinced about his fitness. Um, the other one that I, I wrote down was uh, Montero against Team, but the issue I have with 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 Montero is that he's lost eight of his last eleven main level matches in Brazil. So this is not a guy that's done well at his home tournament. Did play well here last year, beat Bayes here last year, and took Berrettini to three sets. But and and Dominic T, I just can't read Dominic T at the moment. One match he's he's pretty good, and you think, oh hello, you know you. you that's a bit more like the old Dominic team. And then the next match, he just goes off like last week when I I backed Molkan to beat him and team played really well, really well to beat Molkan. Then he played the next round against Virelas and he was poor again. So you don't really know what to expect from team. He does actually have a better record team against left-handers than he does against right-handers, only by 2%. He's won 66% compared to 64%. So I don't think team has a problem with left-handers at all, but I just couldn't back, I just couldn't back team at that price. No, it's pretty much why I put the last game in as well. Zuzan Leovic against Diego Schwartzman. I want to oppose Diego Schwartzman, but I can't back Leovic at minus 159. I think the market has no. caught up with the fact that Diego Schwartzman is absolutely a spent force at the moment. He's uh, he's in his he, boots, isn't he? Confidence-wise, mood-wise. His, his father's not well. He's got, you know, off-court problems with that. Just can't. I just he's so know. it was his game was all about hurry and flat, but pace around the court, so quick around the court. He's lost a half a yard of pace. He doesn't look interested. Didn't win a tournament. Didn't win a match in his two tournaments in Argentina, which was unheard of for Schwartzman. Usually does so well in his homeland, and I think uh, Leovic here will beat Schwartzman quite comfortably. I wouldn't bet him at minus one fifty nine, but probably bet Leovic at two sets to love for me. But there are a couple of leans, the main picks for us, uh, Sean. Give us a quick rundown. Just give us a quick uh, rundown on your picks, if you can, Sean, and your tournament picks and your your matches. 
Yeah, unfortunately, one of the match bets, well, I had two match bets. One of them's voided, unfortunately, with Malkan. Um, the other one was Evans, wasn't it? Um, yeah. To beat uh, Rusev Wari. Uh, I got him at minus 105. He should get roughly that price. Um, as far as the outrights are concerned, we can't do Rio yet, as you said. Uh, I've taken Bautista, I got um, 16 to 1 each way in um, Doha, and I took 30 to 1. I'm not sure you'll get that. I hope, hope you do get 30 to 1. Um, that would be great. Um, that's on Bonzi each way in Marseille. Yeah, that's it. So there's, there's the Sean's picks. I've gone for a lean for Lavich to win two sets to Lamb. And look out for these Artur Fields. I think he's going to be a big star. I think he gets a win. Quite a convincing win against Safari. Well, I'll get to watch him, won't I, next week? Yeah, enjoy it. Hopefully, you can watch him a, a few more times in the, in the second round or in the third round, only the first round. There are three ways to follow us here on Game Bet Match. You can download our podcast on your preferred podcast provider, Church Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Bet Rivers Network and subscribe so that you'll be notified of every time the content drops, not only on the tennis, but on the superb soccer content we have on that as well. And you can follow us on our Twitter handle, which is at Because We Win, where Sean will be giving you picks from the tournament last week we didn't have the official picks on here but sean was on in fantastic form if you followed him on twitter or followed us on twitter he would give you some winners on there uh sean will be back on tuesday we'll talk more men's tennis and tomorrow i'll be joined by rory Giovanni, who's in some great form on the wta tour when we look ahead to a massive tournament in dubai where the top 10 players in the world are in action sean thank you very much for your time enjoy the remainder of your sunday and i'll catch you on tuesday thanks for watching and we'll speak soon Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.